Can you submit? Hi, everyone. This is iAsia again with Peace and Preparation Podcast. And we're back with another uh, episode of the Sons of God. And I have a wonderful person with me here today, Ivans, who I know personally. Hi, Ivans. How are you? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being on the Peace and Preparation Podcast. Mm-hmm. Appreciate well, you. I appreciate you too. You're doing some wonderful, wonderful work. I definitely see you on Instagram and you've been doing a lot. These the work, work I be doing. I see you. I've, I've heard about your podcast. You're a, yeah. a teacher. Yeah. I mean, and you're definitely prolific in terms of spreading a lot of information about you know things that should be discussed in the community especially the black community so kudos to you appreciate thank you. you so let's talk a little bit Ivans. let's get to know you a little bit i know you but everybody else doesn't mm-hmm. so tell us what you do what's going on with ivan uh right now i'm teaching um i think right now that's my passion uh teaching kids that that look like me um that just been my passion since uh since I graduated from school uh from college but that passion kind of like was built upon me because of who's my mentor which is you know you know it's your dad so his his (laughs) yeah so your dad your dad is kind of like a special person for me um in terms of who I inspired to be. Um, he just gave me an image to inspire to be. And I admire him so much. And for him to do that, he had to be a dope person mm. um, and represent my surroundings. Cause I just feel like every person, um, especially uh, as a both male and female, <laughs> we both look for, um, from, from birth, we both look for someone to to show us how to be who we say we want we want to be. Like as a male, like if I wanna be a man, I wanna look for somebody that is doing it already. And uh, your father was one of those persons that um, definitely showed me how to be a man. Um, and I feel like uh, that's what I wanna do for these kids. Wow, okay, let's let's, Let's unpack that a little bit. So how did you meet my father? That's crazy. <laughs> uh, I met him in fourth grade. Wow. Uh, but he wasn't my teacher. Uh, he was my boy. He was my, my boy's teacher. And I knew this, this, this individual from birth. Like, we, like I, we always joked that I knew him from diapers. And he had your father first. And then he introduced me. But I'm in my me, me and him. I was going through so much stuff. I was like, all right, cool. He's big dude. Like, <laughs> uh, what's so special about him? But my my boy used to like brag or like bloat about him. So when I had him, uh, the first couple months was pretty rocky. I, I don't remember the first couple months of him being my teacher, but I I definitely remember a day where he where I was talking in class in fifth grade so much. They told me to go stand in the back. And I remember that because I was that was like, like, damn, why are you telling me to stand in the back? 
I think that was like the first day I ever paid attention in class. And he was talking about um, American Revolution and Crispus Attucks and all that, all the American history, because he was a history teacher. And um, from there, it just took off. Wow. In terms okay. of the relationship. Since fourth grade? Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, since fourth grade, I knew your pops. <laughs> And he made you stand in the back of the classroom. The, the, yeah, I remember he made me stand in the back. He put he, he gave me a, a couple pages, too, <laughs> um, which I didn't like. But um, but I, I respected him. So it was the, the punishment was more of correction than anything. Mm-hmm. And how, ha- how has my your experience with my dad impacted you as a teacher and how you um, correct and teach your students? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I, th- I feel like everything from the jokes, because he's always a jokey person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he always made it seem like nothing phased him. Mm. I don't know. You, like he all like things we would, we always joke. Like we was like a jokester class from fifth to eighth grade. It was all jokes um and making fun of each other and we used to make fun of him <laughs> we used to make uh-uh, fun of my father yeah a lot and then we used to make fun of we used to have mama jokes and oh. all types of stuff yeah so it was more our relationship was more uh, fun so that's how i kind of like do the lesson like I, i'll do a lesson but i would like throw in a joke or like make the room lax so i get that from him um just being engaged with the students to having conversations that does not have to do with the content life conversations he had tons of those (laughs) um so I do that so a lot of like the 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 stuff that I that I do today in class I definitely got it from him so it sounds like you gravitated to my dad because of his ability to have a balance between being a teacher but also providing like some a reality of there's fun there's I'm not just an authority figure I'm just or a teacher I'm also someone that you can have you know fun with and we can talk about different things so it seems like he definitely created a balance in a specific type of atmosphere in his classroom and it also sounds like that's something that you're implementing with your students yeah he also had like a lot of tough love too okay. um, like, cause I didn't grow up with my dad. So um, I kind of looked look to him like one. Yeah. Because uh, like I said, we all aspire to have like an image of a, father a figure. male figure. Yeah. So I, like, I feel like I was searching for that throughout my life. Like, but a lot of the ones that I found were like on TV or like they passed away. So there wasn't nothing like physical I could look to look up to up until I met him. Okay. And um, I just feel like I feel like every every male have that that physical person that they could just sit up and just look up to. And then you they replicate it as they get older. They take certain traits from them. Um, so I definitely took a lot of traits from him. Um, and one of the traits that that I use in classroom is just holding people accountable. Mm. Um, and. And believing in them too. Okay. Uh, 
I remember one instance, um, I was doing a valedictorian speech and I bombed it. Like we, it was a practice valedictorian speech because I was like getting straight A's in eighth grade. And it was like a practice valedictorian speech before the real ones to see which one is going to be the actual valedictorian. Um, and I bombed it. Like, I think that was the first time doing public speaking and I was like shaking and sweating and just did terrible, terrible job. And then I remember I went to his classroom and he was like, yo, you're going to do the, You're going to do the same speech in graduation. Oh. I'm like, well, I just bombed it. What you mean? <laughs> he was like, so what? <laughs> so uh, that moment was like, yo, damn, this dude got enough confidence in me for me to go and do it again, even though I just failed. Mm. So, and I remember that to this day because it just, it taught me a lesson of like, yeah, yeah, you could fail us. Just keep going forward. Just keep moving. And keep like pursuing what you want. That sounds like he motivated you a lot. Yeah, he definitely did. Definitely did. I do remember, I mean, he never... <laughs> I won't say that he talked about his students, but I know that he definitely valued being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of his, um, a lot of his, how can I put it? A lot of the ways that he was, he taught you guys is probably very similar to how he raised my siblings and I. Mm -hmm. And um, I definitely remember him being very devoted to being a, hist a, a history teacher and just kind of teaching you guys about just life and being purposeful and everything that you do because that's definitely some things that he taught uh, my siblings and I and I'm, I'm wondering if I ever had to grade a grade your work because I remember <laughs> you had to grade your work he had to grade yeah, I remember he used to have me help him with grading and putting that sounds grade. like him too man I knew he wasn't putting in all that work that's why he retired early <laughs> I mean well he did a lot I mean he was he did a lot of work my, my dad and I'm so grateful that you had a a male figure such as him to help you and you know give you some type of direction and advice and support that's important because not a lot of not a lot of people are provided that or afforded that type of opportunity. Absolutely, especially especially in our community. Um, I think what we what we're seeing more than ever is just that just a lot of bad role models, a lot of bad images, and that's like the we're seeing the the result of that not not having enough professionals. Mm -hmm. um right on front street just more of um the same struggle but with just more money on front street yeah. uh like you know artists and stuff like that like our music and stuff like that like we have the the images but the images aren't like things that ki kids could actually like really strive for right so you kind of get the low end of it which is they want to be part of a gang and to be to be a rapper, but you know, they usually just get stuck on the low end of it instead of reaching for like the, the top end, which is hard to get. I mean, but if we have more professionals like your dad, me, mm -hmm. you, like on Front Street, like putting our voice out, people can have more to inspire to because they might not be, they might not gravitate to me and you, but they could gravitate to somebody else in right. the same space. They see other options. They see and, other options 
You're so right about that. I mean, I'm really proud of you, Ivans, because you are being a teacher is a lot of work. Being a teacher is hard work. I mean, I'm pretty sure you have uh, lesson plans to come up with. You're dealing with so many different personalities. What grade do you teach, actually? I teach ninth grade. At ninth grade, high school, <laughs> freshman. That is, that's not, that's not an easy task. That's not an easy job. And absolutely, shout out to all the teachers. Ooh. Yeah, you're pouring into these these students. You're teaching them and trying to impact their lives in a way that they can look back on and say, "Hey, I, I'm, I remember." What do they call you? Burger, burger. Call me burger. Mr. Berger was talking about this and I remember I laughed at him for that but wow now I understand what he means so mm -hmm. it you're imp impacting them in such a way and planting a seed that you know God willing is going to be prosperous for them in their future to come so mm -hmm. your work you is definitely not in vain and you I mean yeah I mean I, at first you had to tell yourself because you when you're a teacher you're kind of like in the trenches every single day yeah. yeah so you don't ever see the results quicker right. than, you know what i mean you just go like you might you might not even see the results until like down the road mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um because i i know myself i struggled in high school um like after leaving um middle school i struggled a lot in high school with behavior with my grades just not focused enough but then you know, but that I realized is because I didn't have that same person over me. So like being a high school teacher, like it, it gets frustrating at times because you're like, yo, you want to see the results now. But you got to realize that, you know, like you forget that we were also kids and that they need to grow, too, in yeah. their environment. And yeah, they have to the understand world. the world from their lens, too. Right. And that, that is, you know, working in the education, educational field um, before I started doing social work and therapy. Um, it is hard. I worked with middle school and high school students and you think that you're making some progress and the next day they looking at you like, why are you telling me this? Like, um, miss, can I have, have the snack that I've been waiting for? I really don't care what type of uh, advice you're trying to give me right now. But... <laughs> It again is a, it's planting a seed, and I'm pretty sure you you are planting seeds within your students that is gonna be help them along their journey. Absolutely, that's the goal. Yeah. Well, let's let's dig a little deeper, Ivans. So, moving forward, let's see. I'm just looking at these questions and trying to figure out which one's gonna be a good follow up. Um, is there anything that you are fearful of and can you share what that is? Damn. Um, that's a, that's a question that, that I'm still processing on what do I fear? Um, uh, I know I definitely fear, um, going back to like going back to poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, that's mm -hmm. one fear. Um, you never want to go back to that situation. Um, they're definitely letting cold people down. I think uh, another a big fear I had was letting my mom down, mm. letting your dad down. Uh, that kind of like pushed me to be great too. Uh, even though I didn't, even though I hate, I don't 
I'm a teacher, but school wasn't really like something that um, the just the process. I didn't enjoy the daily grind. As a teacher, I appreciate it more. Okay. As a student, it wasn't really like um, maybe because of the environment I was in. It wasn't like a you know public high schools. It's not really like if you want to learn, you got to sit in the classroom. But that doesn't mean the environment is conducive enough for you to learn. Right. Um. So there was time. I think the environment wasn't conducive enough because you just you're going through all the the pressures of high school and the outside noise. Um. But the bit I think the biggest fear was just failing two people and like going back to poverty. That's probably my two biggest fears right now. Okay. And so, what are some ways that you address those fears? It's like, what are some ways that you confront those fears? Being more um, learning, just more wisdom, um, gaining more, more information and able to decipher that information, um, like, uh, like taking a lot of, like, learning a lot about business online. Um, I watch a lot of, of Dave Ramsey or uh, um, Earn Your Leisure podcast just to learn about how to manage money and how to uh, invest my money and like how to budget which is important I think a lot of people don't do that yeah. um, but that and also just continuing like like honing in my craft as a teacher like you could never um, you could never be the like I feel like I could never be the uh, the greatest teacher until I continue to learn more and I don't think I ever get to that point because I always feel like I can improve on how I could present the information or you know what I mean like there's always something I could do differently in the classroom that I always feel like that I need to work on by continually by continuing to learn from other people and just reading more books and getting more information so it sounds like you're constantly educating yourself because basically Mm. An ongoing process like there's so much information out there to learn you can never have enough information never socrates wrote socrates because uh he wrote the wisdom is in not knowing nothing mm-hmm. when you don't know nothing you act like you don't know nothing you want you want then you gonna want to learn more so that's my mindset right now so i'm always on like youtube crash course uh reading articles just to honing honing my craft as a teacher so I could like better present information to the kids because I know I'm missing I know like the kids need something that I'm not providing them okay and and the only way I could do that is just to dive into like different different um fields of academia like psychology science you know what I mean like how how could I present this information so kids can retain it like this or um, what questions how do I ask questions because how you ask questions is also important into like triggering kids minds to like dig deeper into their critical thinking right so stuff like that I work on that's amazing it sounds like you're definitely trying to expose your students to something more than just uh I'm, you teach history class so yeah. more than just history and helping them to become more well well wound rounded excuse me with thinking about different types of topics that 
are impacting them now, you know, psychology associated with feeling science associated with the environment so much more. So that is, that's amazing. And more, uh, well, I'm sure a lot of teachers do that, but I just hope that these students are really taking that information into account and because it's very valuable. Absolutely. Information and knowledge is definitely very valuable, especially in these times. Mm -hmm. So what is a typical day in your life? Kind of give us a, a, a visual of what a typical day of your life is. It depends on the day. Um, if okay. it's a work, if it's a work day, then it's, um, it's definitely uh, waking up, getting ready on the drive to work. Um, like either like on the drive to work more of like addressing my mood. Okay. Um, so it's like, uh, like, cause my drives are like, like a long time. So uh, what am I listening to on the drive? Um, how am I like, what is my mood today? Like what, what if, what is my goal for today? I'm thinking about all that. And then when I get to work, it's just more about um, how could I help these kids learn this information and how could I be impactful on that day? Mm -hmm. Then when I leave work, I'm exhausted. So yeah. all I'm doing is decompressing the day, uh, thinking about, okay, how could I, how could I do this better? Because as a teacher, you always feel like you could have taught the lesson a little bit better. Um, and then, you know, I'm going home, I'm either uh, watching the news or listening to an interview about somebody talking about their lives and seeing what I could gain from that. Um, I love watching like Vlad TV interviews of um, like the, the criminal, criminal mind. Or oh, okay. like, the other day I was watching um, about uh, the guy that uh, AZ from the, the dude that was doing Paid in Full. He was oh, the, one of the main characters in Paid in Full and like him talking about his career as a um, as a drug dealer in Harlem and like the trials and tribulations of that. Because you could really learn from everybody's lifestyle and what and what and apply it to your life. Yeah. So that's what I do when I get home either sip some wine or like just, and just decompress or if I got work that I got to do for the next day because you know teachers teacher job is you go home with everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so either I'm grading something or I'm, or on my drive I, I think I think of something about for that happened that day in that lesson and then see if I could bring it forth in the next day's lesson in my powerpoint so it sounds like you have a busy a busy day I'm mm -hmm. a teacher and then you said that you drive far. Like, so how far is your travel from home? Like, to you? 30 or 45 minutes. Okay. That is a, that's, um, that's a bit of time. Yeah. But I rather, I rather those drives in um, 20 minutes and 20 minutes finding parking. Oh, okay. New York. <laughs> <laughs> so I rather the straight, no non interrupted traffic in. Drive. Okay, that's good. Do you work in like a a suburban area, city area? Now I work in the inner cities. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you don't have trouble finding parking? No, nah, this, this is a parking um, 
Boston's a different most uh, I think every other state in, other than New York have like parking lots in school around school buildings where you no, can park and stuff like that. You don't have to fight anybody for parking. That's good. I don't gotta fight nobody for parking. I just stroll right in. I, I think that's important too that you the, that you talked a lot about decompressing because mm. when, as a teacher and just working with people in general, you can take a lot of you can take a lot on. You can take a lot of the children's behaviors on. Yeah. Maybe some problems that a, a student may come to you with, and if you don't decompress and find a way to kind of. Uh, let that go you know because mm -hmm. definitely have an impact on you definitely yeah. definitely I definitely felt that too um because um, when you're teaching because you're you're teaching kids that especially and shout out to the teachers that like um teaching like inner cities inner city kids that are low income mm. um like when you teach in, in those in those environments it's kind of like you're just not only a teacher, like you're everything else too. Um, you might be the uh, the kid's uh, therapist, mm -hmm. yeah, and you might be a kid counselor. Um, so you're not only a teacher when you're teaching in the inner cities, because you know there's like so much problems going on in there. Yeah. Um, and then if you represent, if you if you look like them and you go through the same situations at times you can just get some relapses too because you're like oh damn like i've been through that so i know how you feel at this moment um but you know you also got to remind them like yeah i know how you feel um whether it be like oh i didn't eat this morning or i haven't eaten in a day or mm. parents problems at home or um there's no hot water in the morning like and you're frustrated like so, you know those things. So when you're when you're interacting with the kids, not only are you getting the relapse, but you also gotta remind them, like, yo, like, yeah, I went through all those things too, but you still gotta persevere through all that. Mm. So um, I definitely like. There's times where I'm like, damn, like, it's unfair for them to go through it because they didn't deserve all that. They were just born. Right. But that's just the that's just the how the cookie crumbles. Like oh. you can't. We can't change it. All we got to do is just persevere through it. I mean, it's, you're teaching them that, and I'm pretty sure that having you as that support system yeah. and being able to, un to being able to relate to them in that way is probably a huge pressure off of them when they enter into your classroom. Definitely. So they know that Mr. Berger understands what I'm going through, or he has been through what I'm going through. Like he's empath empathetic enough to understand that you know, today may not be a good day, but he's still going to push me into, he's still going to support me and still, you know, guide me along this, this process. So that, that's valuable. That's definitely valuable. Absolutely. So Ivan, so what three words would you use to describe yourself? Oh, um, I don't know. Three words to describe myself. Um, I would definitely say uh, positive. Um, I would say uh, intuitive. Mm. Um, and I would say um, inquisitive. Is intuitive and inquisitive the same thing? No, they're not. 
Um, okay. Intuitive seems more, I want to, I actually wanted to, you know, dive a little deep with that word, but intuitive is more so like you have an internal understanding. Um, like what, what is it that you mean when you say you're in, intuitive? Um, what I mean by intuitive is, um, like I like to reason things. Um, and I like to, um, like figure out things on a deeper level, like okay. information on a deeper level. Like I question things on a deeper level. I think that's more inquisitive though. Yeah, that does sound like more inquisitive. Yeah. Uh, but the deeper part, like seeing, trying to understand for things from a deeper perspective, I yeah. feel can fall along the lines of both inquisitive and intuitive. Yeah. But I do, I do like, intuitive in terms of like figuring out like using maybe i just don't i gotta look over the definition of that word again i'll be forgetting the definition of the word but i think more of intuitive as in um of like how do i feel about a situation and okay. how i think that what's the what's right about it what's right or wrong about it based off what I've learned. That sounds about right in terms of intuitive. So you you feel like you are very much more in touch with your emotions, your feelings and understanding how they may connect to your life, what you view what you view as moral, morally correct or morally incorrect. Yeah. And Which do you feel that do you feel like that guides your decision making? Yeah, I do. I do understand now, like, you know, them cartoons when you had like the angel on one shoulder <laughs> and the devil on the other shoulder? Yes. Yeah, I feel like that is like my constant battle mm -hmm. um, every day. Um, and you got to talk to both of them. Okay. Yeah, you gotta talk to both the angel and the and the devil on the shoulder so you can like process the decisions that you make. No, I th I definitely think that's an important, very yeah. significant uh, character to have is being able to reflect on what you're doing correctly, what you're doing incorrectly, and just helping that to navigate your decision making. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't always aware of that. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So how have you overcome hardships and what are some ways that you handle conflict? Um, hardships. Uh, I think <clears throat> the support system is very important. Um, but uh, definitely like understanding that in life, like you're always going to go through I feel like you're always going to go through every emotion. Mm. Um, you're always going to find, like, there's always going to be a hardship, regardless of what phases you are in your life. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think anybody goes through this as smooth as possible. I think we, there's always going to be some bumps. Um, you just got to understand that that is not going to last. Uh, but when you're in a losing streak, sometimes it never lasts. It never, you never see that the light of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. uh, you just never see it. But you just got to stay true to 
understanding that this is just uh, only for the moment and you can't make rash decisions based off something that's going to be temporary. Um, so that's how I look at it. Like, I don't want to make no crazy decisions based off um, hardships that's eventually is going to pass. Like, it's old, like, as long as you put in the work in, and it's going to always, and you, it, you put in the work and then you push yourself to grow. It's, it's, it's always going to go away. Hardship is always going to go away. That's some really good wisdom. So what I'm understanding is any hardship that you face is just a temporary situation and how you choose to handle it determines the outcome. So if you're choosing to, to work hard and, and challenge yourself and see the, that situation as a challenge or an opportunity for you to grow, mm-hmm. then the outcome is going to be beneficial for you at the end. Whereas Absolutely. if you choose a different route that's not necessarily good then that can be um consequent consequential for you either in the long run or right away absolutely never you only lose when you quit Mm. so um that's how i look at it like if you if even if you're in a losing streak you got to keep playing right many you fold you can you and anything can happen when you fold. You can let life take you on whatever course that life is gonna take you. But if you're um never gonna quit and you keep striving on what you want, no matter if you don't you can have no plan at all, but you just gotta work at something. And then once you work at something, it's gonna it's gonna materialize. Yeah, it, it may take some time, but it'll happen. Like you said, if you keep on working at it and you, you keep on doing your part. Mm-hmm. I think people, I think this generation is more into so much into instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was reading, I was just reading a book too that, that just today that said that um, we, we often fell in love with the story, but forgot that the, the story actually was somebody's true life, mm. right? Like, yeah. like the person had to live and go through things before they got to the story that they, where they at, you know what I mean? Like the, it's kind of like the, the analogy of like, yo, you put in the work in the dark and then when the work comes out, everybody see it in the light, but yeah. you don't know what anybody was doing in the dark. So you just got to put it in the grind, even when nobody else is looking at you. Uh, and just don't feel like the pressure of, of other people's expectations on your project. Mm, that's a lot a of people, That's a man, really good one. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like people are always going to feel entitled to like judge what you're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why, why, what gives them the permission to judge anything that you're doing? You're in your own lane. Like, you should be focusing on what you want in your life. Right. That is, that's also some really good wisdom there. And I think you, you said a lot in terms of um, instant gratification. We don't get to see the full scope of the hardships that that person faced, or we don't really get the full 
backstory. But even if we do, I don't always think that people are willing to take that into account. <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh, well, they'll look at that briefly, but not really understand that this was a process that could have been gone on for about five or six years until this person actually started seeing the results that they wanted to do from from their investments in a sense so I think that that is something that has to be talked about a lot more and then also like you said you know people are so quick to judge somebody stepping out on on faith and stepping out on their purpose opposed to saying wow like I'm really proud of that person for taking a leap of faith or believing in themselves and if we did more of cheering people on opposed to booing them then I think a lot of people would be in the business of doing what they were created to do yeah definitely you did you just in in and especially in America like the way the economy is set up um the economy is basically what can you create that could benefit other people? Mm. Um, and like, I think in our community, I feel like we need to create, we need to stop being afraid of putting our ideas out there mm. um, and just put it out there so that people could be a fan of it. Like, like put yourself, like create something so people could be a fan of, like don't, don't underestimate your abilities to, um, to manifest things because if you do then you're just gonna uh your life is gonna be trapped in a box of like being frustrated because a lot of people be having their ideas and they be just keeping it to the hip or they want to express themselves and they want to keep it to the hip because they're like damn i don't want other people to have negative reactions to it but you once you understand that even the best person has neg- negative reactions and positive reactions to it. They have people that hate will hate them and people that will love them. That's just the way life is. That's what I, that's what I had to realize um, when I became adult is that people are going to love and hate it, but you still got to do what you got to do. Yeah. That's myself. I yeah. I mean, that's that's a lot of truth. And uh, do you yeah. would you say that that's something you implement in your own life? Yeah, I had to I had to implement it. And, and the crazy thing about it is I was reason how I realized that was just watching a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Like I was watching LeBron. OK. And I'm like, this dude. Came in the league at 18. Wow. You know, provided for his family. Mm-hmm provided for his community, but people still hate him. Why? Like, what's the reason why you hate this figure? And it's just, and it just dawned on me that people were just gonna hate it or love it. Like, they're gonna hate you or, or, or love you. You still gotta just do, you can't. And he was talking to in an interview saying like, he was trying to please everybody, mm-hmm. but you can't please everybody. No, that's impossible. It's impossible to please everybody because everybody got their own internal agenda or internal feeling so it's just you just got to do you um and all you need is a certain percentage of people that are a fan of you in order for you to succeed and to say like oh okay what i did wasn't was great 
But if you're scared because of a small percentage of people, then, you know, you will never succeed. That's some great advice. Definitely yeah. some great advice. And I think that is important for our listeners to really um, just meditate on because I agree with you 100% that you can't allow, like you said, people who are having their own internal battle with themselves more than likely and are projecting their own feelings and insecurities onto someone else stop you from doing what it is that you were created to do because everybody has a purpose and everybody has an idea that is grand that is amazing and that is going to be beneficial and why not like you said why not tap into that and why not share that because somebody needs it somebody somebody that's going to help some inspire somebody else so you know don't step in a way in terms of like keeping it when you can share it and that can then inspire somebody else plant a seed and and then everybody is doing some wonderful things and all of this is hard like i mean none of this is is everything is easier said than done Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like we're all humans like we're the the greatest things the greatest thing on earth is that humans hold other humans accountable. Mm. That's like throughout history. Like we all hold each other accountable um, regardless of doing wrong or doing right. We hold each other accountable. Um, and you want people to have positive reactions to anything that you're doing. Right. But um, sometimes um, you got to be the only person in the room to believe in yourself in order for you to succeed because you can have like 100 people you can have the whole everybody around you don't believe in your idea but then you keep striving for your idea because that's what you want to do and you can't obviously there's a thin line between what you're pursuing is being reality and what you're pursuing is being a fairy tale but once you understand that what you're doing is reality you could accomplish it yeah then you should strive for it. Okay. I like that. That's that's some good information. Yeah. So we've said a lot, and I think this kind of can segue into this question, this next question. If there was one thing you could change about the world, what would it be and why? Hmm. That's crazy. Um uh I think one thing that I would change about the world is um, I think that the world should definitely take more, I would say more classes on history, but that's because <laughs> I, I love history. But I, I think people should understand that um, the only reason, I, I feel like the only reason why we're in this on this planet is to enjoy the amenities mm-hmm. that God has put here for us. Um, either if you, 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 whether you believe God, you believe in God or not, like there's so much stuff in this earth that we could do to enjoy it. Like he is like, it's like he gave us a whole play area and he told us here, we, I'm giving you all of this, enjoy it. Mm. And, um, I don't feel like we realize that enough that because we're trapped in like, bubbles mm. um especially in our community we're trapped in bubbles um 
that and other people are trapped in a different bubble of like attempting to like stop other people from enjoying the amenities of the earth. But I just want people just to understand like, yo, you don't have to harm anybody from pursuing their happiness. I feel like we know these concepts, but we just don't apply it. Mm, um, yeah. Like Thomas Jefferson wrote in the Declaration of Independence, um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Everybody's entitled to pursue happiness. That's why we're, that's why we do the things that we do to be happy. Um, but the thing is we have too many people uh, interrupting other people's happiness. Uh, and that was one thing that I would change about the world, which I think we are trying to do that as human beings, but you know, greed and other type of things are like stopping it. So. Um, so you're saying like just ending just negativity in a sense just i don't think you can end negativity i think you could minimize it okay yeah i'm just minimizing it a little bit um especially like i'm obviously more speaking not obvious but like because I, I need to expound on it more but like in our community black and brown community is more like we are being restricted from mm. enjoying the amenities of the earth. A lot of so limiting like, beliefs. Huh? Like a, we have a lot of limiting beliefs and behavior. Yeah, and we're not like enjoying the amenities of the earth the way that we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. uh, because either internal factors or external factors, whether it be racism or um, ourselves, bringing each other down we stop we stop ourselves and other people stop us from enjoying the amenities of the earth that god provided for us because that's what we want yeah. um, we want to be able to enjoy the amenities of the earth while still being able to express ourselves the way that we want to um, that's what i feel like is black power like that's what we've been fighting for since we got over here and i think that that's was one thing that I would change on the earth, just giving us the ability to not only enjoy the earth, but enjoy the earth being ourselves. Okay, now I, I definitely have. Yeah, I was a little, I think I was more, I was confusing in the beginning. No, no, not at all. But I definitely understand what you're saying. Like, you know, there are a lot of things that are hindering people of color from really being able to enjoy the fruits of their labor and just mm -hmm. being able to enjoy life in general and god has given us the ability to enjoy life he hasn't limited us uh he's provided us so much different opportunities to explore this world and when you're constantly um facing racism discrimination uh prejudice not being able to be, to be afforded the same opportunities as, as other individuals you start to take on limiting beliefs and you may even start to feel limited in your own belief system of yourself. So just not thinking that you're enough or not thinking you're capable of achieving this and or not being able to challenge yourself because you are living in a world has already, that has already said, you don't deserve this. So I totally understand what you, what you mean by that. And I do believe you did say that you, you first, you see that it's changing and I do believe that it's changing too. I do believe that a lot of people of color are stepping into their power, stepping into their purpose and seeing that 
I am, I, I do deserve to be here. I was born here for a specific reason and nothing or no, nothing or no one is going, you know, to stop that. And the more we continue to advocate for social justice, especially within the African-American community, and the more we uh, change our behavior systems and mindsets, we will continue to see prosperity and progress within the African-American community or the Black community, I should say, in general. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a wonderful, I I think that's a wonderful um, option in terms of changing something about the world. That would be magnificent to see. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been on the earth for like a long time, so... (laughs) <laughs> a long time um and the the thing that we don't notice is we get better we're not getting we're not getting i don't think we're getting worse as humans i think we're getting better as humans okay yeah you think um, so yeah i think in terms of technology okay. <clears throat> and all that like i think um the world is getting a little bit better because when, when you read when we read history, and when I teach kids about history, um, what every what everyone notices is that the same crimes that exist back then is the same crimes that exist now. Mm. Um, so it's yeah. like like humans haven't changed much in terms of who we are, but we have made things a little bit better, like medical medical wise dietary wise yeah living condition wise like we we're getting better like there was a time where we were tenting outside with a fire out now we're in homes with four walls well protected um so we're getting better in terms of that but how we treat each other like we just haven't got over that hump of treating each other better because you know, greed and all types of stuff like that. I agree with you. That's one thing that I haven't really seen. I mean, I have seen changes here or there, but substantial changes, especially in the area of racism and prejudice and things of that nature, those things still seem to repeat themselves. Yeah, definitely. And greed, yes, is definitely corruption. All those different things are such... Um, I will I will say that um, even though it's not where we want it in terms of race relations it's 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 definitely our ancestors fought it fought and white white people have fought our ancestors and white people have fought for it to be better because you know just two centuries ago we, we were just picking kind and now um, we're on TV. Um, we're millionaires, billionaires. Mm-hmm. We're like, even though we're we're not like, the masses of us aren't doing that. But the fact that we have the opportunity, we have more of an opportunity now to make a difference than we did before. Um, we're just not utilizing the opportunities the way that we want to. Because again. It's more about education and more desire. I agree. Wow, people. Education, being educated upon it is a huge factor and that makes a huge difference. 
especially if you're not affording those type of educational opportunities to understand that. So that leaves us with our last question, Ivan, because we, we actually really touched a lot on these questions. Um, what type of legacy would you like to leave this world with and why? Uh, I'll definitely, I definitely in my mind know that and uh, like I'm going to be a teacher for, for a long time. Okay. Uh, I think that that's where I'm going to put my career in being an educator. So I just feel like whatever, um, like the legacy that I want to leave is for a kid to be 30 years old or 20 years old and be like, oh, I had a teacher in, in high school that I learned this from, and now I could pass it on to my kid. Um, and then their kid could pass it on to their kid. You know what I mean? Because I know that when I have my kids, I'm going to tell them about your father. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, just, just the legacy to continue on and the principles that your dad instilled in me, I'm going to definitely put it under my kids. And hopefully like that passes on and passes on and pass it on. And that helps with the quality of life for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause that, that's, that's what we aim for as parents to improve the quality of life of our kids better than what we had it. Yeah. So um, that's the legacy that I want to leave. It's like more of, I get to interact with hundred plus kids a, a day. Wow. Um, so I'm like, hopefully, you know what I mean? Like by the time I'm 50 or 60, I interact with enough kids that help them uh, with their quality of life and help them make better decisions so that they can live better lives. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's definitely beautiful and definitely. I'm pretty sure you've done it already. And even if the, the student hasn't studied, I'm pretty sure you have students who are going home and telling their parents about how amazing you are and how much they love your class. Or even if they may not like history, they like the, the class because you're the one teaching it. So, uh, I mean, there's this, this kids that don't like my class. There's kids that love my class. So, it's, mm -hmm. you know, that's just part of being a teacher. You just got to, as long as you learn, Something right. from my class, that's all that matters to me. So Ivans, where can we find you? Like if someone wanted to connect with you, where could we find you? Um you could find me on I um uh, Instagram y dot YB Elohim. Um on Instagram. Um I, I am gonna start doing this podcast with my guys. Um about uh, um, just more black conversations, uh, oh. more professional conversations. Okay. Uh, and, uh, so you can find me at like Awoken Academy too on Instagram. You can follow that too, Awoken Academy. Um, we gonna put some stuff on there and some content on there just to just to provide more education for our community. I just I just feel like I don't know about you, but I just feel like intelligence and um, education is just not like as premium 
as it used to be mm-hmm. growing up. Because I remember back when I was when I was younger, younger, you, you still had people that like, even though they were doing the wrong things, they still was like talking about 5% stuff or like they were still talking about like the math. Now we're just, we're not even doing that no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so just talking about information that's what I want to focus on, making smart the forefront of our community. Instead of you getting clowned for for being intelligent or focused on school, I feel like that should be like essential because everybody agrees that going staying in school is important for everyone. Yeah. Especially in our community. You learn a lot like, of different things. Yeah, not even not just i'm not talking about trade i'm talking not only like education but also trades too Mm -hmm. like skills okay well thank you so much ivans for stopping through and being a part of the peace and preparation sons of god um eight series so we'll definitely be looking forward to uh seeing you more on instagram and on your podcast appreciate you for having me Oh, your dad, he can't compete with me, man. <laughs> I don't know he can get out of time. Oh, that's going to be a, a separate podcast. I think we might have to do that. A separate podcast. 